Welcome to Witch Yes, a podcast for casual conjurings, witches in training, and people who just can't handle another news podcast. I'm Alicia Herter. And I'm Tara Keck. And on today's news, them titties. Boop, 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 boop. Boop, 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 That was my titties. Thank you, thank you, thank you. I've always wanted the ability to um, flex my boobs. Me too. I can't, but I can't, fig- I can't figure it out. No. You must be able to, right? Yeah, it's like you probably, like when you learn how to do Kegels, you never have to learn how to do Kegels Actually again. Actually, can? I've seen women, women do it. You've seen women do it? I've seen videos. And what, porn? No, just like silly internet it? videos oh. where they're like, hey, 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 watch this. Boop, 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 boop. That's crazy. That's a skill we should get. Yeah. Instead of, uh, like, can you tell your personal trainer, listen, I don't want to get a fat ass. I don't want to have ripped arms. I want Mm-mm. the ability to sing Les Miserables with my tits. Oh, I don't, I don't, I don't to dream a dream that will oh, not die. There we go. Oh, I love that. One day we'll have a video portion of this podcast. Because yeah. we're goofy. We're goofy looking, goofy acting. And possibly goofy himself. The Goofy Goobers. <laughs> the third host, silent most often, uh, Goofy the dog. Goofy the dog. What a get. Did you have a last name? It can't just be the dog, right? I'm really sorry to inform you. He has no last name? His name is Goofy Goof. <laughs> His last name is Goof? His name is Goofy Goof. Those were some mean parents. Aliases, Dippy Dog, George G. Geef, Goofus D. Dog, Goofy G. Goof, and Super Goof. The Super Goof. Wow. That was disappointing. What a day we're having. He's had betrayal after betrayal. He's had a lot of wives. Really? Yeah. Clarabelle, Glory B, Zenobia, Sylvia. Four wives. Must have that BDE. Goofy does exude a lot of BDE energy. energy. Yeah. ATM machine. ATM machine. All right. On today's episode, gnomes, witches in the news, and a spell for abortion access. Yes, queen. Get it back. Bring it back. Where'd it go? Where? Where? It's lost. My child. Oh, man. It's like losing your purse. Oh. It's like leaving your debit card at the bar and then you go back and they're like, whoa, we don't recognize you. We spent it all. Can I tell a story real quick? Yeah. It's not about abortion access. It's about bars. Mm-hmm. So Mike Bobrinskoy, mm-hmm. a fan of the of pod, mm-hmm. went to New Orleans for... A bachelor party. Yes. And um, my parents. As you do. As you do. Yeah. The dream. Mm -hmm. And he is colorblind and he has colorblind glasses. And he accidentally left the colorblind glasses at the bar along with his wallet. I'm imagining this like 3D glasses. That's the visual. It kind of is. Yeah. And he went back to the bar to get his. He was like, I'm sure my glasses are gone. There's no way. They're like so expensive. Like obviously colorblind glasses. And he he was like, but I hope my debit card's there. So he goes back to the bar and the bartender 
is wearing the colorblind glasses on her head. That's amazing. And he's like, oh my God, you found my glasses. Like, this is amazing. She's like, I don't know what you're talking about. These are my glasses. <gasps> and he was like, oh, that's so no, shady. they're no, they're not. They're, they're like, these are my sunglasses. Like I left them here last night. They're like colorblind glasses. Like they're special. Like I have a disability. And she was like, I don't know what you're talking about. My girlfriend got me these glasses in Oklahoma. And he was like, I'll fucking buy them off of you. Like, those are my glasses. Like, I'll give you $50. He's like pulling out cash or whatever. Yeah. And she's like, no, like you are accusing me of stealing your glasses. Like, there is no way I'm going to fucking give these to you. Like, and he he said that she started snapping in his face. Oh, my God. This is an Italian American woman. (laughs) (laughs) And he was like, excuse me. Like, you have very clearly stolen my glasses. Like, not only are you taking something that's not yours, you're taking something from a disabled person. Like yeah. you are lying to my face. I'm going to fucking call the cops on you and you're going to fucking give me my glasses back. Uh, you got cameras in here. I fucking played the tape. Like I would love to see you pull these out of your purse or whatever where like your girlfriend got them for you in Oklahoma and like the boss comes out or whatever. And like, was he just like, Jessica, give him the glasses back? Well, he was like, she was yelling. She was like, I was going to give you these glasses, but now that you've like brought my boss out here and threatened me with the cops, like there's no way, like you're oh a piece of God. shit, like getting in his face. And he was like, I don't know what to do. You're a liar. You're lying to my face. There's no reason like you should. Ha- it, it's really insane. And so eventually like she gave him the glasses back. Yeah. She's like, I'm going to be the bigger person. And I hope that you just like rot in hell or something like that. And then the bartender or the owner emails, they had like rented out the space for like the bachelor party. So he ends up emailing like Tom or something like that, whose bachelor party it was <laughs> being like, hey, like, I just want to formally apologize to Mike. Our bartender like admitted that she found her actual sunglasses oh my God. at home that her girlfriend gave her and that she feels so bad. that. Uh-huh. And I was like, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, I'm sure. Yeah. Cool, cool, cool. That's so wild. Yeah. And I was like, I feel like at some point I would have just given up. But Mike Bobrinskoy, like, he's a Libra and he's just like this big thing about like the principle of the matter, right? <laughs> it's the principle of the matter. Yeah. Like, you always do what is right yeah. or what is supposed to be right. And like, good for him though. Yeah. That's admirable. He's the kind of person, this has happened so many times where like someone has like yelled help or like he's seen someone like pass out or like, and he's the person that like immediately runs to that person. Yeah. And it's like, he's, I've watched that man call 911 like three times. <laughs> I haven't seen that many people pass out. Exactly. I don't think I've seen anyone pass well, out. Well, he in is front beating of me. the shit out of everyone that he called 911 <laughs> on. But um, no, he's just like, it's not good at confrontation, but like when he sees like something that's wrong, like a crisis. Yeah. He like, avatar states yeah all of his past mikhail's come in and like give him the power of the russian oligarchs that's amazing yeah it's amazing oh i love that also dude i love new orleans that sounds like a fucking trip (laughs) that sounds like a great time yeah like how else to end your new orleans trip than like having to be screaming at an italian american woman (laughs) oh my god i love it Babouche, how are you doing? Happy cancer season. Yeah. (laughs) She's like, that's all we're happy about. (laughs) Congrats to everyone who has a birthday this season. Yeah. Well, we're recording this on June 24th, 2022. And I still can't talk about how I am (laughs) without crying. But I'm also crying tears of joy 
for uh, Marcel's birthday. This is his birthday episode. This is his special birthday episode. It's a little late. It's like a week later. <laughs> yeah, but you know, on time for us. That's yeah. fine. Yeah. How are you? I'm good. I'm sure I'm having a great birthday bash with Marcel. Yeah. I'm projecting into the future. Mm-hmm. And, you know, just doing it, going through it, doing it, living life. Happy summer. Yeah. Trying to find things to be grateful for. You know what we should do? Kill ourselves. No. God. <laughs> I mean, yes, but like, <laughs> but I want it to be a bigger. Um, yeah. Grander. Like, yeah. Yeah. So like. My Favorite Murder does like the fucking hoorays where they say like a good thing that they're excited about or that they're proud of or like Wonderful does like small wonders where it's like little things that like from their past week that they're like really excited about or happy for or thankful for. Mm -hmm. So we should both do like, what would we call it? Like, mm, Mm. tell me something good that has happened to you in the past week. (laughs) Anything good. This is a lot of pressure. Like in this past week. Well, I mean, I went to the Westminster, so we've already talked about mine. I don't know. Ellis Island was devastating. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> but you got to see the grand bitch herself that big green baby yeah what has she done taking abortion rights away the next day i can't even post about it <laughs> you can't even be like i'm proud to be an american I know. i'm like damn now if i post it, it takes away from the whole fucking message yeah nationalism disgusting you know it's so funny like i think it was probably like a week ago or something i was like thinking i think it was because i was listening to the hearings like the january 6 hearings mm-hmm. And like, I was like, oh no, it was when I came, when did I come here last? Was that last Friday? Yeah. And I was wearing like a red dress. We've been and I was doing like, a thing where you've been coming here every Friday and I like love it. <laughs> I mean, we have to it's keep it It's been great. Up. Yeah. And I was like, I'm red, white, and blue because I'm feeling so patriotic because like these hearings have just made me feel like justice is real and mm-hmm. like that you can't just get away with bad things. Love that. And now today I'm feeling quite dark and so I'm wearing black. <laughs> <laughs> I was walking through World Trade Center Terminal to come here, and I was listening to all day. I've been listening to Fleetwood Mac's The Chain. Amazing. Good. And it's like, how does it go? Can't break the chain. Listen to the wind blow. Watch the sun rise. Running in the shadows. Damn your love. Damn your lies. And if you don't love me now, you will never love me again. I can still hear you saying that you would never break the chain. And I was just walking through World Trade Center, both of my hands and fists, which is the meanest (laughs) bitch face, like teeth showing like, she's like three feet tall. (laughs) Like like walking in wedges, like walking to a train to Hoboken that's not leaving for 20 more minutes like <laughs> damn the dark damn your lies just sunglasses on yes oh my gosh I love it. hair dark face darker well it is what it is right now yeah my good thing that happened to me yeah what's your good thing is that we took Dolly to the Prospect Park dog beach Oh, beach. It's like the lake. Oh, okay, okay. Then I've seen. It's not a proper beach. Okay. But she was there and she was like playing and she played next to a big white poodle, (gasps) which of course you know is one of her enemies. Yes. And so she didn't engage. She didn't play with it. Yeah. But I was feeling a little bit like (gasps) progress. But then she chased a child at work. So it's kind (laughs) of. Did the child deserve it? The child was running away. Yeah. So fear. Yeah. Like horses. (laughs) Yeah. Dolly. Donkeys. Yep. Her inner horse. She just went for it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's okay. Dolly's like child size. It's fine. Yeah. She's like the size of like a one-year-old. Like an ottoman. Like a small ottoman. Yeah. Yeah. She's like the size of um one of those little stuffed animals you get at the fair. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Mm-hmm. So they'll be okay. 
It won't scar them for life. I was like, were you scared? And she, and she was like, I was just scared for a second that she would push me down. And I was like, oh. you were like, I wish she did. I could take this child out. <laughs> and then your days of bringing your dog to work are over. Yeah. Oh, my God. Whoops. It is a liability. It is like, she shouldn't <laughs> really be there. Shouldn't, yeah. She, she shouldn't, shouldn't be there. there. But, um, <laughs> but that's okay. You can't tell me what to do. Do you have anything else? No. I mean, I love last week's Patreon episode about Bongazi. <laughs> Ooh, it was so good. And then next week, we're talking about the wild hunt. I'm so excited. This is one of my favorite Patreon episodes. Oh, my God. We've ever recorded. It's crazy. What a crazy fucking time. And so scary. So cold. Yeah. Oh. Speaking of scary, the foil to scary is glamorous oh. gems and beauties. So I do want to say today, this episode is brought to you by Blessed Be Magic. Blessed Be Magic creates discreet, beautiful talisman jewelry for witches crafted to remind you of your magic. With over 700 five-star reviews, they ship worldwide with fast and free shipping within the USA. I ordered the birthstone necklace with the triple goddess charm, and I love it. When you combine the birthstone and the charm, it is beautiful and dainty and makes for a powerful tool that I can literally carry close to my heart because, you know, it's a necklace. It's right there. It's on the heart. I actually wore it out when Marcel and I went to visit Ellis Island the other day and received so many compliments about it. Oh, really? That's so yeah. cute. They loved it. Not sure where to begin? You can shop by intention. All Blessed Be Magic jewelry is hypoallergenic and tarnish resistant. And best of all, the jewelry is made for witches by witches. You know, I'm constantly talking about how I feel like the witch aesthetic is like, it's too loud. It's gaudy. And Blessed Be Magic, I'm actually wearing one of their necklaces right now. And I just, it's cute and it's small and it's dainty. And I feel like I don't have to scream about my paganness all the time. So like, why should my jewelry do that? Blessed Be Magic offers tasteful, witchy designs, budget-friendly prices, and baby witches, something special for you, a discount code just for you. So use code WITCHYES15 for 15% off all full-price talisman jewelry at blessedbemagic.com. That's magic with a CK. A wink. A wink. <laughs> oh my God, we're back. Where do we go? I can't keep doing this. I can't it's like, keep coming here. We're like browning out each time. It is. And then we come back and it's like, we both have no, who put my hair up? I don't know. It looks good, though. Thank you. We should hire her. Oh, yes. So today is, by request, an episode for our baby cancer, Marcel, producer of the podcast, producer of his own life. He asks for so little, and he gives so much. And today, we've decided to give back. Put your money where your mouth is. And by your money, I mean this morning when I looked up all of this stuff. <laughs> today, we will be talking about gnomes. Wait, so gnomes like like the little like little, the little gentleman? The little gentleman. The little scholar. <laughs> yes. <laughs> the little little man. The little guy. A gnome, for anyone who's like blanking right now, is a legendary humanoid creature from folklore and fairy tales that received a major glow up in the 20th century. Major glow up. Facelift. Botox. Exactly. Face transplant. Face off. <laughs> Personality. He looks transplant. like Nick Cage now. <laughs> Now, when we think of gnomes, we think of a cute little Santa kind of dude with like a fishing hook. Yeah. He, like, he's always fishing. He's always doing something, right? He's got hobbies. But back in the olden days, they were said to be ugly, ground-dwelling creatures with more of a goblin-like appearance or, as one source stated, a disfigured-looking fairy, which is quite rude. What, what is that song? You are ugly. I am ugly. 
Remember, Quasimodo, <laughs> you are deformed. Oh, that's it. <laughs> I, I am, am deformed. And you are ugly. <laughs> I am ugly. What is that? <laughs> I don't remember that at all. Was that in the movie? I don't. I, it must have been. That movie was, there was so much chaos happening in that movie. Yeah. It's probably why you don't remember that moment. I mean, there was a whole song about his like sexual Desire. attraction. And that was obviously the best song. That song was Hell amazing. Fire, dark, dark fire. fire. And the gnomes are over there. Hell fire, dark fire. <laughs> they are mice. And of course, back then, since you know they're ugly ground dwelling creatures, their behavior was said to be more animalistic and wild than like the nice fishermen you know out in the lawn today. Mm-hmm like a feral toddler really yeah but now gnomes are seen as diminutive stout humanoids who wear tall pointed like conical caps and dress in solid colors such as blue red or green and in this depiction the male gnome always has a long white beard he's dignified mm-hmm. he's grown it for years family tradition so wise they have the intelligence of a human and are sometimes thought to be even wiser than us which i bet they are a hundred percent i I was going to say, I'm the biggest idiot I know. And that is not true. (laughs) I know so many people dumber than me. (laughs) While their appearances may differ, the older and newer traditions do share a similar belief in gnomes' capabilities. They are said to move as easily through the earth as humans walk upon it. So kind of like little diglets, you know, for a Pokemon reference. Terrifying. Yeah, they're just like burrowing their way through things. And apparently, the sun's rays turn them into stone, which I have never knew that. I've never heard of that before. But I guess that's why you don't see a gnome in the daylight. It's except like toy, in that movie. It's like Toy Story rules. Like once you see them, they're like... <gasps> yeah, they have to freeze. Yeah. Yeah. Despite being little, they are incredibly fast and strong. Oh, no. <laughs> so they are like... <laughs> exactly. It's just like they flex and it's like... Pah! Oh, no. A boom. I mean, I guess that rock's got a lot of... I almost said a lot of protein. I mean, the worms, maybe? What oh, are they eating? What, do, what are they eating? Maybe worms. My research did not say what they are eating. No, that I didn't get anything either. They might be cooking like little meals and stuff down there. Oh, groundhogs. Yeah. Oh, they're eating Moles. the groundhog. I mean, what that's, what is the other natural predator if oh not gosh. the gnome? That's true. Wow, we've really unearthed something here. Did it? Did it? It is said that gnomes can be very territorial and will fiercely guard against any damage to the earth and wildlife. They do not like you messing up their shit. No, they're Captain Planet as hell. Mm-hmm. And although I have not found any type of 23andMe for gnomes, they do not seem to be related to elves. That was a big question that we had. Are elves and gnomes cousins? Mm-hmm. Well, they're small and they're outside. Exactly. And they're outside creatures. Yeah, apparently they're not. The biggest difference is that gnomes dwell underground and are seen as more earth spirits, and elves are forest spirits that live above ground. So that's a big difference. They might not even see each other. Oh, yeah. It's like, I mean, we're on different schedules. Exactly. It is also said that elves are way prettier than gnomes, which I guess kind of makes sense if you live underground your whole life. Sounds like something an elf wrote. Oh, there could be some bias to our research. Because if they are above ground, they have the internet. Yeah, fair. They have better Wi Fi. Don't. Mm-mm. That's not how Wi Fi works. Have you ever tried to upload a new song underground on the R train? <laughs> it's not happening. Have you ever tried to do anything on the R train underground? Nothing. Nothing works. However, gnomes do have more of a relation with dwarves. In fact, gnomes and dwarves were thought to be interchangeable in Scandinavian folklore. 
In Sweden, they were known as the Tomte. In Finland, the Tontu. And in Norway, the Nissa. Wait. Yes. But that is in Hilda. It is in Hilda. They stole that. They had them called Nissa. They all called them, what was it, Tontu? Yeah. What, yeah. yeah. It, that's so crazy. Some historians believe that the gnome variation of the older Nordic dwarf myth was usually embraced by the isolated Scandinavian farmer who had to face the bitter cold and solitude of the dark months. They believed they would have protection and company at a time where they didn't really see many other people. It's kind of adorable. That's really sweet. It's like your invisible friend, kind of. Yeah. And here are some gnome facts. I love facts. These are tried and true, real, tangible gnome facts actionable dewey decimal facts gnomes are believed to live for 400 years they are hardworking, kind and wise family is very important to them and they are almost always merry very cute very jolly female gnomes give birth only once usually to twins how did they find this out i don't know how do they know i mean they're around for 400 years how could you do a case study oh that's a good point vampire case study also, why would you need to live so long if you're only ever having like one set of, I feel like. Is that longer than trees? Maybe they'd stay around like as long as trees stay around or something okay, like that. Okay, that makes a lot of sense. Yeah. They always live in rural areas, sometimes even on or below the farms, and they will give advice to farmers when asked. Politely. Yeah, I mean, please. Please say please. They are seen as guardians of nature and animals. And although they are kind to humans, gnomes are still very secretive. They will never tell humans the location of their homes. They don't want you to come knocking. They don't want you to come looking. They will never teach non-gnomes their language. It's not for you to know. It's not about you. And most importantly of all, gnomes will only appear when they want to. We actually had a Patreon question about that. Like, how can you have a gnome appear? How can you, like, entice them? And bitch, you can't. Honestly, you don't. You <laughs> You shouldn't want this. You shouldn't seek this. You just let them live. Yeah. Let them have a good life. And they'll do, let you do have not a good concern life. yourself with the actions of gnomes. There's a whole gnome bureaucracy happening, an aristocracy, a democracy, <laughs> a theocracy, a sociologically something, anthropologically, mm-hmm. all the all of a these. micro economy, a macro economy. A ma- what was it? A macro gut? <laughs> My micro gut bio. Oh, macro. But what do they eat? <laughs> But what do they eat? I mean, they're so concerned with farming. Mm-hmm. I feel like they've got to be into turnips. they got to be stealing some of the vegetables. things that they're farming. Yeah. yeah. I mean, you can eat so much stuff in nature, too. Like, they can probably just eat grass all day. Yeah. Like a little salad. Mm-hmm. And they're underground. I'm sure they get a couple rocks. They can yeah. digest that. There's, like, shrews and stuff. I'm sure they're well-fed. <laughs> they're always... None of them are skinny. Yeah. There's no skinny emaciated but i also feel like no huge like morbidly obese i feel like they're fairly like i got a little cushion because mm-hmm. i like to sit and i like to fish but most of that's muscle because remember they're strong that's so crazy it's wild so i'm gonna get into the history of the gnome yes so the history of the gnome was popularized by none other than that old bastard paracalsis who we've had before oh my gosh this guy house. he keeps showing up we can't get rid of him he's like glitter <laughs> You keep finding him everywhere. <laughs> so that's the 16th century Swiss alchemist. So Paracelsus wrote a book on the four elemental beings of earth, the beings of air, the sylphs, the beings of water, the undines, which are like mermaids, oh. 
the beings of fire, the salamanders, and of course, these dirty, dirty boys, the beings of earth, are gnomes. Amazing. Paracalsus, because he was an alchemist, was always trying to organize and map the universal structures of our planet. So by establishing order and harmony with the beings of natural elements, we could closer reach our true goal, which is total control of the universe. Love that. And the creation of the Philosopher's Stone. Finally. If we can just figure it out, I can live forever. Me. Can you imagine Paracelsus is just like fucking looking at little holes in the ground trying to like capture a gnome. <laughs> with a little bag. Yeah. A little fishing. A fishnet. <laughs> with, a, with a turnip on it. Yeah. He's got that cardboard box with a little piece of cheese. Yes. And he's going to A little carrot in there. Yes. If you remember from our alchemy episode, old school psychologists really love the whole vibe of alchemy. In the book, Mermaids, Sylphs, Gnomes, and Salamanders, Dialogues with the Kings and Queens of Nature, William R. Mistel introduces these four elemental creatures through their psychological symbology. Ooh. The sylphs, the beings of air, are sublime expressions of ascendant energy. They represent the arts, transparency, and clarity. They're also communication. Ah, very Mercury. Undyne, the beings of water, are our ability to access love, connect to our dreams, but also represent the sensual connections we have with one another. Is fucking. Because they, they're mermaids. Yeah. It's shirtless. All the time. All the time. Salamanders, the beings of fire, are our expressions of will, passion, and power. It's like that big Aries energy. I love that it's a salamander, though. Isn't it cute? It's like... It's like, hello, I'm fiery. I'm I love slippery. the sun. I'm so happy today. And then gnomes, the beings of earth, represent our desire to shape our world physically, the supports and structures of our homes and communities, and also our desire to create something that lasts longer. And something of value. Oh, I love this. But gnomes weren't seen as just like these metaphorical creatures, right? They're not just like, oh, the gnome, it represents like gold and abundance and value. No, they were like actually like these real things in the world with like heroes and villains <gasps> and like kings and queens. And so Ooh. I'm going to tell you about these kings. Yes. First, there's Gob. Gob. Which seems to be like the overall king of the gnomes. But frustratingly, I really couldn't find like a lot of research. People are just like, yeah, yeah, Gob, the king of the gnomes. So here just my- Just like, oh, everyone knows. Yeah, of course. It's like, you know, Queen Elizabeth. Like, she's been around forever. You don't have to <laughs> learn about her. She's just on the $10 bill. So here's the few facts that I could find. Gob is on all their currency. <laughs> all yeah. gnome currency has yes. Gob's face. Exactly. Love it. So fact one, he is a king. Love that. Assert your power. Back to, he's got this big magical sword that he can use to influence the minds of humans. They don't so say, is it actually big or is it like big for a gnome? That is an adorable question. I have no idea. I need to know. Okay, so it's like, you know, like when a mouse like sleeps in a matchbox. Yeah. Is it like. That's a bed. It's really just, he's got a kitchen knife, but he is so little. Yeah. He's like, I'm influencing the. Yeah, is it like a chef knife or is it like a, a needle? Oh my gosh. It's just like a little needle. <gasps> He's so little. He's just so tiny. Yeah. He's just like, pay attention to me. Fear my power. Oh. That would hurt. If he's just like needling you everywhere. Yeah. I'd move. Yeah. I'd be like, whatever you want, sir. Yeah. King. I mean, your honor. Your, your honor. <laughs> like he's the judge. He probably was the judge. He was the judge and the jury. Yeah. He's got a throne of jewels, gems, and ores. Love that. Also, he's part of this council of elemental rulers along with Peralda of the Sylphs, Jin of the Salamanders, and Nexa of the Undyne. So the UN. Basically, yeah. The UN of elements. Yeah. It's like a little circle table. It's like Arthur and yeah. all of his knights, except there's no Arthur, it's just the knights. The table is square. There is no circle. <laughs> it's, and they're all like 
but my micro gut biome, but my micro gut biome. Now I'm going to tell you about Gnome King Kier. Oh, someone else for the crown or is this a different place? So Kier was the leader of a kingdom of gnomes living in the Netherlands. Ah, okay. Their underground city was based in the village of Hoogaloon, which is a silly word. That is a silly word. Specifically in a mountain called Dwivelsburg, meaning Devil's Mountain. Ooh, spooky. From Hoogaloon, the gnomes would travel for miles to neighboring villages, and locals to the area saw the gnomes as being largely benevolent people. They helped with farming and household tasks, but they only ever came at night, like Santa Claus style, because they never wanted to be seen by humans, also Santa Claus style. (laughs) In fact, they drew such a hard line in the sand that if you ever saw a gnome, they would punish you by blinding you, (gasps) so you ain't never seeing me again. Oh, my God. With their little needles. So scary. The people of the neighboring villages would all put out their oil lamps at 10 p.m. sharp so they couldn't see the gnomes. And then the gnomes would come in. They'd literally knock on and be like, lights out. If you were still out, they'd knock on your window or your door and be like, go to bed. That's scary. Oh, and my then gosh. Do so like, aggressive. Exactly. They were like the fucking RA of the town. I know you have alcohol in there. And then do like their little gnome business and then head back to their mountain at sunrise. What? Gnome King Kira is unfortunately famous entirely for his death. (gasps) So no great works, no bridges, no ribbon cutting at a local bank, nothing. Wow. Okay. How do you die? Get ready. This is more recent than you think. Okay. In the winter of 1952. We know people. We know people who are alive. That's crazy. The gnomes of Hoogaloon had a problem. The ancient tree in the heart of the palace of King Kira was dying. (gasps) And no matter what they did, they couldn't figure out how to heal it. The tree, it's about to fucking die, like, today. And Kira hears whispers of some special herb way down the mountain that might be able to help. But babies, baby witches, it is early morning. The sun's coming. The sun is coming. It's on its way. Oh, no. It is the most dangerous time to be a gnome. King Kira decides that this is a risk that he's willing to take, and he puts on his little gnome boots and packs his little gnomey spade and sets off to the mountain to try and find this herb. What a benevolent king. Brave For the people. For the people. And the trees. Wow. So besides the sun, do you know what else is out in like the early hours of the morn? Eagles. The birds. The early birds. Get the early birds getting that worm. Exactly. But also hunters. (gasps) Dun dun. Looking for fresh game. And when King Kira doesn't come back by nightfall, his gnomey subjects go looking for him. Oh no. And King Kira was found shot by a hunter and left to bleed out on the mountainside. That's fucking rude. A wailing emanates from the mountaintops. King Kira is dead. King Kira is dead. And the screams and cries were heard all the way down into the village of Hubaloon. And the villagers feared the punishment of the gnomes. They're like, if they blind you just for looking at them, what are they going to do if you kill their ruler? It's a good fucking point. And so they hid in their houses, waiting for the punishment to come. But nothing ever came. And 10 p.m. came, and no gnomes came down from the mountain. And they were never seen again. This one person wiped out all the gnomes. That's crazy. And then, so they didn't fix the tree? Nope. The tree died too? Everything's gone. This was an awful story. Obliterated. I'm so sorry. (laughs) But in 1985, how old was your dad? Like 22. My dad was 23. In 1985, a statue was erected to the gnome king Kira in the city square. That's lovely. So he's like this little sitting guy with his little hat and... I don't know what he's doing, but it's also just like very sad. That's so sad. Yeah. Oh, well, light a candle for him. Like, that's a fucking bummer. You want to know something that's ridiculous, though? 
I would love to. Human gnomes. Is this a furry situation? It is not a furry situation. But there were beards. Okay. You ready for this? There was also a human counterpart to gnomes throughout history. In the 18th century, a traditional practice of wealthy people in England was to show off their wealth by having human gnomes in their gardens. Like just men sitting out there? Just men sitting out there. <laughs> so like a doorman. Is what you want? Almost, but outside, yeah. <laughs> they hired people called garden or ornamental hermits who would be entertaining to their guests. How are they entertained? By sitting? You ready? You ready? <laughs> oh, no. The rich would build a hut or cottage for their human gnome by their garden for them to live in. And these hermits would need to abide by strict rules, including wearing a druid-like costume, not being allowed to wash. You're not allowed to cut your hair or your beard. You have to have a beard. And they were also not allowed to leave the garden area and they were not allowed to speak to the guests. So any guests coming over, it's just, there's just, this man outside. It's just this dirty, stinky, <laughs> disheveled dude. man. And he's just hanging out. And he's not allowed to talk to you. Maybe he can wave. I don't know. But he's not allowed to do anything. He's just like in the garden. It sounds like a wonderful artist residency. Imagine the work like you could get done. Art. Yeah. But funnily enough, the rules were so strict that these human gnomes ran away most times. They hated it there. Oh. They weren't allowed to do anything. No, yeah. But isn't this crazy? The rich. The rich and their schemes. They've always been scheming and doing dumb they, shit. Oh, they're always like... They're trying to send human gnomes into space. Shit like that. It's weird. It's wild. I feel like rich people are always trying to be like, yeah, I have a poor friend. It's him. It's him. I pay for him. Yeah. Don't look at him. But he's there. He's not allowed to talk to you. No. Not because of like some government thing, but because I've told him he's not allowed to talk to you. It's kind of like that performance art where you're like allowed to yell at. Well, it was like some woman. You can just yell and say whatever you want to her. Or something. Oh, uh, Bobovich. Mm -hmm. Sit there and take it. Yeah. But in the end, someone tried to shoot her. Well, and that's why they ran away. <laughs> this is crazy. This makes no sense. And then, of course, we have to talk about the garden gnome. These are the little gentlemen. These are the I'm little gentlemen. With. Yes, because they are stone in your garden. And I don't have to be afraid of them. No. And I can look at them without yes. punishment. Yes. In Germany, gnomes were featured in fairy tales and even written about by the Brothers Grimm. German gnomes often resembled a gnarled old man living deep underground who guards buried treasure. So very goblin-like, very uh, smog the dragon. Yeah. yeah. Also, like, piratey. Very piratey, yeah. There's even a theory that the great mountain spirit of the giant mountains may have been a gnome named Rubizal. What? I know. Who is he? What does he want? And I think how did he get so big? I think it's a good Vaults of the Obscure possible topic. But anyways, it's a big deal because this guy was considered to be the lord of the underworld. And he was a gnome, possibly. Allegedly. Allegedly. He was also allegedly other creatures, too. Okay. Ooh, spooky. German-made gnomes were famous in the mid-1800s with the first production of the garden gnome in the town of Grafenroda. <laughs> the fuck? Hold on, let me look at this thing. Where are you at? Grafenroda. I, I, you know, I think it's close enough. I have German in my blood. It's a Grafenroda. No. It's a uh, Oots. Oots, I'm going to see the gnomes at the Grafenroda. There you go. But is that like Swedish or something? They're all the same. Yeah. That whole area. And then you see a little red dot on my forehead and I get assassinated. <laughs> exactly. By Philip Griebel. Griebel made terracotta animals as decorations and created the gnomes based on the local myths. Because, you know, you have the Rubizal. 
You have a lot of myths to go by. The Brothers Grimm write in crazy ass shit. These terracotta gnomes were a way for people to enjoy their little gnome friends and to encourage real gnomes to help out in the garden at night. And forget about the German revolution that's happening in 1850. <laughs> you know what's been sucking? Everything. Yeah. So let's just like, have a good time We're now. sending our daughters to America. <laughs> there they go. Although gnomes are now mass-produced, descendants of Philip Griebel still make gnomes today. You can find the store at dwarfshop.com, and if you purchase a gnome, it comes with, like, a certificate of authenticity that it's a real Griebel gnome. That's so cute. Isn't that adorable? It's like a Cabbage Patch doll with a little birth certificate. Exactly. And garden gnome culture has taken off since then, and it's had a few minor controversies, especially in gardening circles in the United Kingdom. Looking to you, Brits. For instance, gnomes were banned from the prestigious Chelsea Flower Show. The organizers claim that the gnomes detract from the garden designs and that they're just too damn distracting. Too bloody distracting, they would say. However, gnome lovers accuse the organizers of being too bourgeois because gnomes are popular in working class and suburban gardens. Basically, the classic tale of rich people hating on poor people and poor people hating on rich people. And soon, I'm sure the bourgeois... The bourgeoisie mm-hmm, mm-hmm. were like, no, we love gnomes and we've always loved gnomes. And you're uh-huh. like, this is cultural appropriation. Exactly. It's just so rude. Like you can't have the gnomes at your garden show. I'm here to have a good time. Exactly. Another controversy is gnome snatching. And this is a thing. The practice began as a harmless prank to kidnap a friend or family member's gnome. The gnome nappers would take pictures at various places with the gnome while on a trip and then later return the gnome unharmed to the owner along with a photo album of all the adventures they took. Kind of cute. Kind of cute. But then harmless fun gives way to taking dark, dark turns. (laughs) We can't have nice things. Now randos would take your gnome and leave a ransom note in its place. Like, I want your family jewels. So that means you probably just gave up your gnome because you're not giving up your family jewels. No, not for this. Not a good, yeah, not a good system. Sometimes these gnomes would be returned, sometimes not. And then I went even one step further. Gnome liberation. Ah, liberté! Liberté! Garden gnome liberté. There are several societies throughout Europe known as the Garden Gnome Liberation Front. These people want to liberate and free the gnomes. Because they are trust fund babies that have nothing better to do and they don't want to work for good, to do good works. Exactly. They're like, I'm going to harass suburban women (laughs) who have nothing else except these gnomes. So it's kind of like freeing Dobby the house elf, but with like less clothes and like less dignity, you know? (laughs) And more crime. And more crime. These vigilantes will steal the gnome from a garden and never return it to its home. Instead, they will take the gnome to a forest or a park where they believe the gnome would actually want to live and leave the gnome there. Best littering. That's deportation, honestly. (laughs) That's human trafficking. It is human trafficking. It's gnome trafficking. It is. It's crazy. And, you know, it's kind of goofy, though, so it's like sounds all fun and games, whatever. Wrong. (laughs) You are wrong. Okay, Renny? Stealing is sometimes a crime, and the hammer of justice came down upon one Frenchman in 2008. Ah, oh, the, the first Obama years. The first Obama years. 
a 53-year-old man was arrested on suspicion of stealing garden gnomes. And not just a few dozen gnomes, this man stole 170 gnomes, deer figurines, and other garden tchotchkes. And where did this incredible thief hide all of his hostages? In his own garden! <laughs> In plain sight! This is where the deer figurines want to live! <laughs> Police describe the garden as a real mise-en-scene on green-painted <laughs> stones. They were like, oh, yes, beautiful, wee-wee. The serial gnome thief did try to cover up his crime a little bit. A lot of the gnomes he stole, he, like, painted over them to try to make them, like, look like they got cosmetically surgeried. So Swap that, the license plates. Yeah, so that the real gnomes wouldn't be detected by their owners. One police officer said, the case is almost laughable, but it is theft. Justice. The hammer. Don't you mean, the case is almost laughable. But it is theft. We, oui. we, oui. And then, dun, 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 dun. And then we have gnomes in pop culture. So I have one particular gnome. Oh, wow. Because I had started my, my research on the Travelocity gnome, and it turns out they were just really interested in the gnome liberation front. <laughs> So I did, for our final Patreon question, want to discuss the world of David the Gnome. Have you heard of this? No. I Who is David? Who is his world? I believe it's of the same era of like Moomin and like the Jelly Bears oh, okay. and Care Bears. Cute. So David, originally known as David el Nomo, oh. or David the Gnome, was a Spanish animated show that ran from 1985 to 1986. Real short and quick, sweet wow, and the world of David the Gnome depicts a world with lots of different kinds of gnomes, forest gnomes, farm gnomes, garden gnomes, house gnomes, specifically Siberian gnomes, <laughs> desert gnomes, and nomadic gnomes. Love this. But all gnomes in David's world are dedicated to the protection of trees because when a gnome dies, they become a tree. Okay. So all these trees in all, the whole wide world. All the trees. Are dead bodies. What? Which is really fucked up because the gnomes live in the trees. In hollowed out holes. They living in the bodies of their, of their brethren? Yeah. That's insane. <laughs> That's why it was only on for one year. <laughs> the kids were like, ah! <laughs> this is the same situation with that Sesame Street episode. Yes, oh my God, with, uh, what was her name? Martha Hamilton? Yes. Margaret Hamilton? One of them. But this isn't the only fucked up thing about these gnomes. Because these gnomes have the ability to telepathically mind control you. Humans with or other psychic, gnomes? all things oh. with psychic powers. <gasps> so they're like X-Men and living inside the corpses of their grandfathers. Oh my gosh. It's too much. The hey, Spanish. It's all in Spanish. So these are the characters. You got David, who is 399 years old, which makes him the oldest gnome around right now. Because wow. as you remember. They die at 400. He's almost dead. Yeah. So that's why they had to end the show. <laughs> They were like, like oh, we you're 400. Season. Got it. But there is apparently a legendary gnome of the Balkans who lived to 550. But anyway, he's spending his twilight years <laughs> as a doctor that, you know, is seeking to help sick animals and like sick people and sick gnomes with the help of his trusty fox, Swift. Oh, that's a cute name for a fox. David has a wife. Oh, and he also has a bird companion that picks him up and takes him places. Um, That's dope. <laughs> yeah, right. That's pretty fucking cool. Uh, David has a wife named Lisa, with whom he has two children, Lily and Harold, which I'm sure are twins, and her only children. 
Um, she saves David's ass a couple times, brewing up sleeping potions to put the trolls to sleep when he's captured, which means I do have to tell you that there are trolls. <gasps> And they are the main antagonist. Oh, okay, okay. So you've got... Not the humans killing their tree relatives. This also antagonist. Also, there are gnome hunters, like gnome poachers. Oh, no. That they have to deal with, like Smurf style. Wow. But the trolls are Pit, Pat, Pot, and Holler. And allegedly, Holler's the only one that has the ability to think. That's they. That's their names? Yes. Pit, Pat, Pot, and Holler? Yeah. This is ridiculous, this guys. <laughs> this is the silliest thing I've ever heard. David the Gnome was really popular but only got 26 episodes, but the producers for David went on to create a couple spinoffs, notably Wisdom of the Gnomes in 1987, which follows a gnome judge named Klaus as he travels around with his assistant Danny to solve legal disputes. Amazing. Order in this court. (laughs) And then the new world of the gnomes in 1997, which follows David and his nephew, Tante. Oh. As they travel around trying to save animals and forests from destruction by pollution and deforestation. There we go. That's the message I was looking for. Exactly. And so this is actually funded by the World Wildlife Foundation in 1997. The one with the little pan on it. Yeah. Wow. That is crazy. I kind of like want to watch this entire show now. I bet we could find it. I bet it's on YouTube. I bet it's tough to get through. (laughs) Probably. That's okay. We can do it. I bet there's like synth music though. It makes me think. I mean, 86. Like, do I wonder if they realize how morbid their existence is? Like living in trees of their fallen mm-hmm. family and friends and foes. Yeah. It must be weird to be a gnome. I mean, the world's not made for you anymore. I feel like originally it was, and then like we kind of like put sidewalks down. Yeah. Roads. Subways. Mm-hmm. I mean, how many gnome bodies are buried underneath, like, Grand Central? Yeah, how many normal bodies are buried underneath Grand many, Central? Many, 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 many. <laughs> many, 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 many. And in, just, like, on the tracks. Yeah. All the time. Manhattan is just a giant cemetery. It is. Central Park was literally a cemetery. It's fucking crazy. Fucking anyway, disgusting. Gnomes. I'm glad that today of all days, this is the topic we are covering. It was healing. And I look forward to more good news at... Which is in the news. Yay! Yay! And we're going to get into it because speaking of dead bodies in Central Park... (laughs) Oh! (laughs) Our first story is human composting could soon become legal in New York. Okay, I'm fine with this. I'm excited about this. The New York State Legislature passed a bill in early June that would allow for human composting. This would add New York with Washington, Oregon, Colorado, and Vermont of states that make human composting legal. These are all my favorite places. There you go. This process, known as natural organic reduction, uses an above-ground container to accelerate the process of biological decomposition, turning human remains, your grandmother's body, into soil. Good. Throw it in there with some bananas. Mix it up. Yeah, like uh, some worms. Mmm, Delicious. Advocates of the bill say that it is not only better for the environment, but more affordable than traditional burials, which makes so much sense because you wouldn't need to pay for the casket, the embalming process, the actual grave, the tombstone, those fake-ass flowers you put on there. You would just pay for the organic reduction process, kind of like how you pay for the cremation process. You have to choose one anyway. This is now just a third option. The human composting route is also great for city dwellers, who just don't have access to large grave sites for a traditional burial. 
There's too many people here. There are way too many people here. Most of the cemeteries are full. Most of Queens is an actual cemetery. Yeah. Have you ever driven to the airport? There are more dead bodies in Queens than alive ones. I learned that on a tour. Of Queens? No, of a, a cemetery in Manhattan. Oh, cute. Yeah. This is the whole process because some people are like, that sounds gross. <laughs> so let us break it down, make it, uh, you know, accessible to you. The body is placed inside a vessel on a bed of wood chips, which does sound very uncomfortable, but you are dead. Yeah. More wood chips are placed on top of the body, so don't worry. If you can't breathe, you're already dead still. <laughs> and in some cases, flowers are included when loved ones want to take part in the laying in portion. Laying in like, you know, being buried upon these wood chips. Now you have some flowers from your family. Cute, okay? Like adding flowers to someone's grave, you just throw them on top. From there, the container is sealed airtight as the temperature and humidity inside the vessel is regularly monitored. It's a sauna. It's a sauna. It's good for you. It's good for your skin. It's the toxins. Yes. Let it come out. The container is then rotated periodically over the course of several weeks as microbes begin the work of breaking down the remains. In about a month and a half, you've turned the body into soil. That's so fast. Yeah. It is very fast. Like usually it's like, what does it take? Three months to get to bones? Yeah. And then you're like stuck with these bones for like a while. These bones ain't going away. No. Them bones, them bones. Them bones. At some places, families can even take a little bit of the soil that was once their loved one for themselves. Kind of like keeping the ashes before you're like, that's fucking disgusting. It's just like keeping the ashes, you guys. The other soil would be donated to a conservation forest. Right now, the soil can go anywhere that is a non-public space that people would not eat or drink from. So this is not recommended for your personal or commercial garden because there is some human essence in this soil, I guess. That could be bad for you. It could be bad for you. I mean, eating people, trees of gnomes, I don't know. I don't know the science behind it, but I also believe I might not want the carrot from the human soil, but mostly because I don't like carrots. Fair. Yeah. I'm a little curious about, I can take the soil, but I shouldn't plant it. Mm -hmm. If I did plant it. Does that mean you're hydrangea now? And then what color would the hydrangea like turn? Because they're like, the color of their flowers is based on the pH level. Ooh. Like, what is the pH level of a decomposed body? Oh, is it basic or acidic? Oh, I don't know. I bet you could look this up, though. Someone's probably done research on that. Some baby witch is like, it's basic as fuck! <laughs> <laughs> People who oppose the bill. The New York State Funeral Directors Association, because only cemeteries can apply for a license for this, not funeral homes. And also the Catholic Church, who says that they believe the process does not treat the human body with the dignity it deserves, but they will force you to have that baby. That's silly because um, they do steal the human bones of their saints and put them in their altars yeah. to make the magic go. It's very silly. They do molest a lot of children. Yeah, like it's human dignity. Oh, human bodies. Come who? on. Come on, Popey. Who is she? So I don't know. Tell us what you think. Human composting, yay or nay? Do you know what you want done with your body? Now this is an option. Yeah. Now no, it's I like the whole world is turning upside down. I don't know. You're getting rotated in I that I want big something rotator. really really stupid with my body. A diamond. Probably just like a bunch of diamonds. Yeah. I need to be expensive in death. People should be like smuggling me out of the country. Yeah. No, I love that idea. I also love the idea that like like the Hope Diamond, it could be haunted. Oh, yeah. I would be haunted. Cursed. A hundred percent. I have nothing better to do in my afterlife than haunt people. When you turn into diamonds, mm -hmm. can I have one of your diamonds? Yeah. 
Duh. Thank you. Better be stealing them the first. We fucking choose the biggest one. I'm gonna I'm gonna drop from the ceiling. You're like this is gonna black. be for my granddaughter. Yeah, and this my, is my other- best friend. <laughs> I'm going to get it fucking surgically implanted into my eye. Ooh, it is your iris. Yeah. Ooh, I love that. Our next story is Russian state media claims to discover militarized Ukrainian witches. Okay. The war continues. From the war front. From the war front, allegedly. In early May, the Kremlin-owned news organization, it's a very scary like set of words together, RIA Novosti is claiming that its journalists discovered signs of black magic in a village in East Ukraine. The claim is that they found a satanic seal on the wall of a Ukrainian military building that evoked associations with Hollywood films about evil spirits. So bring it in Hollywood, you know. No one likes Hollywood over there. The graffiti on the wall looked like a sigil, and a Russian culturologist said, What it means is difficult to say for sure. In it, you can see both the inverted sign of anarchy and part of the SS sign, the rune zig. It is clearly visible in the extreme left sector of the circle and the Hebrew letter Zane, written in German, meaning a sword or weapon. The RIA went on to say that Ukrainian soldiers gathered in this place to consecrate weapons with blood magic. A video taken of the place shows the graffiti on the wall, some dusty-ass furniture, because no one's been here for a while, it's spooky, and some red goo that could possibly be blood. Possibly. Possibly. Vice reported the story and said that it's remarkably similar to American satanic panic stories. Graffiti, the hint of something nefarious, and possibly blood, possibly rust, or something else, and a narrative that it must mean the Ukraines are up to no good dealing with satanic shit. It could be real, or it could all be set up by the Russians. That's so fucking weird. It's so weird. But the Russians have been using witchcraft to scare people into doing and believing what they want for over a century now. And their goal is to frame Ukrainians as frightening fascists that need to be overthrown by them. More than likely, this is just another example of Russia using witchcraft to make fake news. But who are we to talk? Because like some of our like elected officials believe that there are, is like a democratic demonic cult that eats babies like legitimately believe i mean we should talk about them too like we are them to talk we i want to talk about all of these fucking idiots that are like let's burn down the satanic temple and like we've got to like conquer the the satanists and like of course our enemies are like demonic when they're not yeah they're just people yeah well i know but you're trying to urge a mass country to be like yes this war that we're doing is a great idea and here's a reason because of witchcraft because they are truly up to no good i feel like russians are witchy as fuck yes they didn't have christianity until like 1995 that's a fair point and now they love god now they really love god god's the best that's so crazy it is crazy our last story for today we're gonna pivot New witchy fashion of the summer called Whimsy Gothic. Oh, it's like this. It's a hundred percent like that, actually. I'm wearing some very long flowing black sleeves. Oh, you are ready. This is your style, baby. TikTok has unleashed a new brand of fashion aesthetic this summer dubbed Whimsy Gothic. The trend has over 22 million views and counting. What is it, you may ask? Nylon says the dominant color palette of Whimsy Goth fans is a kaleidoscope of purples, blues, 
dark reds, greens, brown, often with a pop of orange or yellow. The starter pack, because we all need to know what are we shopping for right now, includes velvet, lace, corsets, maxi skirts. This is a big starter pack, you guys. You got to get on there, start buying things. Floral, paisley, maxi dresses, chunky boots, rings, sheer tops, more rings, bell sleeves, lots of layered jewelry featuring stars, moons, and suns. You basically want layers and you need some billow. You need to be more of like a like a nebulous cloud moving through the target You're as you go 100% to 100% sh- whimsy goth right, right? now. Right? Thank you so much. 100%. Here, let's take a picture of her. This is this well, is I'm back whimsy with, goth. Though. I know, but you're like adorable, you know. She is Get so cute. Get those sleeves. <laughs> sleeves. No portion. <laughs> She's so powerful. Uh, Need a little more guidance to understanding Whimsy Goth? Think the 90s Sabrina the Teenage Witch, Stevie Nicks, speaking of your Fleetwood Mac, 90s Lisa Bonet, Helena Bonham Carter at any point in her life, because she is the epitome of this aesthetic, (laughs) Buffy the Vampire Slayer, and Phoebe from Friends. Honestly, I think it just means the 90s are back. Yeah, 100%. You're like the weird girl in the sitcom. Yeah, (laughs) give me a choker necklace. Like, I'm done. I'm ready. And that has been Witches in the News. Oh, thank you so much, baby. Of course, thank you. Oh my gosh, I'm so happy to be here and to be here with your news. Yes. Good news, bad news, human composting news, all the news. Okay, so we're going to wrap up and uh, compost some of the feelings that we might all be having. Mm -hmm. Um, It's tough because this is coming out three weeks later. And so it's really raw for me right now. But, you know, Tara in three weeks is probably settled into her anger. Still raw. Yeah, probably. It's rotting the floorboards. So the thing that makes me feel like I have power other than screaming. Mm-hmm. And then beating someone up. Uh, yeah. Murder. Calling Alicia and being like, why? I'm crying. Is pointing out who the helpers are, finding the helpers, just like Mr. Rogers said. Mm-hmm. So I just wanted to share with you two helpers that are very near and dear to my heart. I've I've donated to them several times. So these are two charities that assist in abortion access and healthcare. Love that. So first off, I want to share with you Indigenous Women Rising, which you can find at iwrising.org. Indigenous Women Rising was created in 2014 by Rachel Lorenzo as a way to bring attention to the inequality and options for reproductive health care for Indigenous women. These are women who are disproportionately at risk to experience domestic violence and sexual assault, and they can regularly be denied access to emergency contraception like Plan B and abortions. Indigenous Women Rising has an abortion fund and serves women in the U.S. and Canada, and it is open to all Indigenous people as well as undocumented people. Who would love that. Who might find themselves pregnant when they don't want to be. That's amazing. So that's Indigenous Women Rising, which you can find at iwrising.org. And then I also want to share with you one that's special to me, which is the Bridget Alliance, which you can find at Bridget, B-R-I-G-I-D, alliance.org. The Bridget Alliance is a community fund that pays travel costs associated with getting abortions out of state, which a lot of people are going to have to do now, unfortunately. Um, So like when you think of getting an abortion, it's like I go to the doctor and I get the pill or I like put on the little gown and and I have the procedure and then I go home and I rest. Mm -hmm. But actually for many people that encapsulates like okay I have to take the time off work and I need to find the gas money and now that I'm traveling out of state most likely I'm going to need accommodations and uh, Bridget Alliance gives you gas accommodations 
childcare, meal assistance, everything that you might be viewed as a barrier to getting to where you need to go, Bridget Alliance will pay for it. That's amazing. And I also wanted to rep that they have 100% on charitynavigator.com. So they are fully transparent about where their money goes and how much money they are collecting and who gets it. So I just wanted to also remind you that bad things happen and that every day that you get to, even when it's hard, choose to get up and fight and that I am so sorry that we all have to be here at this time um but that we are all here for a reason and I hope that reason is that we are being given an opportunity to better our communities and while the federal government may not be able to protect you you have a lot more control over your local government Mm-hmm. And um and I love you and I'm just so sorry. Yeah. Fucking sucks, dude. It's so frustrating. Yeah. It's awful. It's really really awful. But my dog played with a big white poodle <laughs> and that means she's getting better even though she fucking pissed her pants when she saw uh one of our coworkers that she'd never met before. Oh. She's like peed on the fucking floor. She's so scared. She's just scared? She gets so scared. Oh my god. Oh. It's so poor awful. baby. It's okay. She's getting better. Baby steps. Baby steps. Baby steps. Right, Artemis? Yeah. She says right. We had happy gnomes. Everything's great. So we would like to thank our favorite gnomes. Marcel Perez, our producer. (laughs) The biggest gnome. The biggest gnome. Mallory Porter, our creative director. The sexiest gnome. Brian Rainey, our resident intern and researcher. The sweetest of gnomes. And Kevin McLeod, the music gnome. (laughs) I'd also really like to thank anyone who's written an Apple podcast review or given us five stars on Spotify, which you can do now. Ooh. Guys, there is no reason that you should not be doing this. Do we, it. We've been doing this for four years. You've been saying, oh, you know, we can't, you know, do it on Spotify. I'm so sorry. I wish I could. Now, be the change that you want to see in the world, okay? <laughs> you have two jobs. Donate to these abortion funds and give Alicia and Tara's podcast five stars. That's it. That's all we're asking. If you want to find me, Alicia, on Instagram, I'm Alicia period Herder. If you want to find Tara on Instagram, I'm her lovely face. That's my art Instagram. And then you can also request to follow underscore Little Moss. That's my private Instagram. I love that. Which Yes is on Instagram at Which Yes. Share an episode in your stories. Tag us and we'll feature you on our stories. You know, we're always posting about the newest episode and everything. And sometimes sharing those heckin' funny memes. <laughs> They're just so funny. Marcel Perez meme lord producer exactly you can also join which yes the Facebook coven if Facebook is your poison of choice or you can join our discord server you can find the link to that in our show notes if you don't like the socials you can always contact us via email at which at gmail.com if you want more which yes I always want more which yes constantly I mean I listen to our episodes before I come here that's crazy. Because I just need to get in the vibe. In the mode. Exactly. In the mode. You can find us on Patreon, $5 Witches and Above are getting two extra episodes a month. $10 and above get access to our close friends list and more. And then I just also want to thank all of our sweet little Nomi baby witches who asked questions. So for many this questions. Episode. We didn't even get to all the questions. It's yes. so crazy. So yeah, so look out for those things. And I guess that means that this has been Witch Yes. Any notes? Yeah.
Good job, everybody. Good job, team. Good job, listeners. Good job, Artemis. Bad job, Supreme Court. You <laughs> fucked it up. All right, and cut.